Welcome back, everyone, to Jules Just Vibes. I'm Jules, and as always, I'm your host, and I'm here to just vibe. Happy February, everybody. Um, I am so excited for February because there is a lot of stuff that is coming out that I want to review, and so I am super stoked to keep moving on with this month. Um... But first, I just want to give a special shout out because today is a very special episode as we had our first listener requested topic come through. So before we really get started, I want to give a huge thank you to Edgar for this suggestion. If you have any media releases that include TV shows, movies, podcasts, games, etc. that you want to put in, please go to JulesJustVibes.com to do that and we will get it in when we can. A couple bits of show news for you is do not worry that 90 show review is still in the works, but I am slowly but surely making my way through that 70 show before we do it. I also am thinking about doing some more mini episodes on kind of smaller releases in media. Um, Just for some context, Power Wash Simulator, which is a video game, has just released a small DLC update, as well as The Sims 4 is releasing a new like life stage and a new expansion pack. Um, And because I do want to do more episodes on that, and I kind of want to be your source for all info on this new content, I definitely want to know, is that something that you guys would be down to like hear from me is me doing more mini episodes about stuff like that I mean I am just saying I'm asking you guys for this feedback but do realize that it is my podcast and I'm probably gonna do it if you guys don't say anything it is just me here so who's really gonna argue with me (laughs) um so just letting you guys know if you absolutely don't want that your feedback is gonna be the number one way to tell me anyway um let's go ahead I think that is it for show notes I do want to tease the idea of a patreon here I know we don't have a huge huge following but if you guys don't want that type of content on these like releases here would you guys want those releases somewhere else like maybe on a patreon maybe for like a dollar let me know like I said it's all in the works it's all very possible to do but I well, well I'll, I'll do it whether or not you like it <laughs> if you don't say anything. So just let me know. But yes, anyway, let's move on to today's topic. Today's topic is on the widely popular Netflix release of Wednesday. This Netflix show released in November 2022 and is the talk of the town with the popular TikTok trend of the iconic dance recreated to the sped up version of Lady Gaga's Bloody Mary. Let's get into the history of the Addams Family before we deep dive into the eight episode season. I would say series, but it actually was just announced that Wednesday is getting a second season. So, grats to all the people that worked on that because that. The series is pretty epic. 
From its conception in 1964, The Addams Family has had many adaptations birthed from the original TV show. From animated appearances in popular kids' show Scooby-Doo, to the series of movies featuring the iconic Christina Ritchie as Wednesday, they became synonymous with doom and gloom in all things morbid. Wednesday is always trying to kill her brother Pugsley, while her parents cannot keep their hands off each other. All the while, a detached hand, an uncle with the ability to light a light bulb in his mouth, a hair-covered cousin, and a giant butler keep the family running. With that in mind, Tim Burton sets out to focus on the woefully intriguing daughter Wednesday in his Netflix adaptation of The Addams Family. I'm going to be rating the show on the following scales, 0 to 10. Characters and how they hold up from the old adaptations. Storyline and bingeability. There will also be an honorable mention category for the pet names Gomez uses as well, because honestly, they were such a vibe. I'm not even gonna lie. From here moving forward, there's going to be spoilers, so if that really ain't your thing, skip to the ratings part at 2334 for my uh, ratings and final thoughts. Episode 1 is called Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe and kicks off this 8-episode first season. After a rather extreme form of justice in defense of her brother Pugsley, Wednesday is shipped off to Nevermore boarding school where she finds herself with the complete opposite roommate, a hatred of her family and a plan to hopefully escape once and for all. In a modern world aware of species that go bump in the night, an untimely attack sets an investigation in motion against the Nevermore boarding school. With a surprisingly familiar hand and equally familiar face to welcome Wednesday to the school, this episode sets the stage for what Wednesday is to expect while being here at Nevermore. This episode did a really beautiful job of setting up the world that Wednesday is in. The scene where Enid is introducing Wednesday to all the cliques is very similar and nostalgic to all the other types of high school shows and movies, but of course with its own twist, as Nevermore is a boarding school for outcasts like werewolves and sirens. Sirens being in this world was actually really cool to see, as it's not a form of outcast we often see in media. We also don't see their types in many supernatural adaptations just as a whole. It was a welcomed addition to the standard vampires and werewolves. This episode also didn't disappoint or make us wait for the wonderfully talented and empathetic Thing. Fun note, Thing is a real hand through and through. No CGI effects there. On the Wednesday front, we learn that she needs to do court-mandated therapy for her murder attempt, and one thing that the show does really well is when introducing new characters, they all look suspicious. One last thing to note before we move on, this series introduces a new skill that Wednesday shares with her mother. It doesn't fall in line with the other adaptations, but in a good way. Because in a world where there's known supernatural, I can absolutely understand why they would want to include Wednesday having a power. Episode 2 is called Woe is the Loneliest Number and picks up after the tragic events at the carnival. A strange beast saves Wednesday from her deranged classmate Rowan, or did it? Wednesday fights to get anyone to believe what she saw, but without proof, or should I say with contradictory proof, her tale is written off and her father's reputation is used against her. Thankfully, whether she wants it or not, Wednesday finds herself with one believer. 
On a mission of her own and an assignment by the headmaster, Wednesday tries to dig into the mystery of the night of the carnival. The rest of this episode is littered with small glimpses into the coffin where Wednesday hides her true self, leading you to believe that deep down, she really is just a teenager after all. Probably the most honorable mention is Wednesday getting her beekeeper on with bestest boy Eugene. Eugene is probably one of my favorite characters, and he's such a minor role, but has big, big role energy. This episode is great in more ways than one. Seeing Wednesday determined to find out what happened mixed in with the obligatory school activities is strangely real and relatable. We also get a bit of nostalgia, and while this whole scene is filled with little Easter eggs to pay homage to its mother show, there's no more noticeable or nostalgic part than the one in this episode. If you watch it yourself, I bet you'll find yourself snapping in delight. With each episode, we're on high alert to everyone Wednesday comes in contact with. We learn about Danger Plant, Teacher Thornhill, who is a normie, It Girl, Bianca's distaste for Wednesday grows, and there's just something not quite right about Headmaster Weems. Episode 3 is called Friend or Woe. And I'm guessing there's a bit of a theme with these titles, don't you agree? Outreach Day is upon us, which gives Wednesday a lead into the ghostly girl she saw in her vision. Detective work is brought to a sudden halt when another vision gives Wednesday an interesting look at her ancestors' history. Armed with this new information, she sets ablaze the news of the town's founder with Principal Weems, but ultimately is turned away. This only strengthens Wednesday's desire to find out what happened and who's behind it all. To save Nevermore. This episode also gave us a really amazing cover of Nothing Else Matters in a cello-slash-orchestral version. But mainly, I wanted to point out that this episode is leading us more into our suspects. There are so many options of who it could be, and the show does a really great job at making you guess all throughout. Why was gloomy, mysterious guy Xavier immediately there after she had her vision? And why was he bleeding? Why is Wednesday's therapist doing taxidermy? And just what is the deal with Headmistress Weems? I think what's great about this series in particular is all these questions rope you in and make you want more answers. We get pieces of the puzzle little by little. Whether it's finding out more about the monster or the backstory in the picture drawn by Wednesday's almost murderer's mother depicting Wednesday destroying the school, it just keeps you in. Episode 4 is called Whoa, What a Night, and it is probably the most iconic episode in the series, mainly because of the rise of the Wednesday dance on social media. Also, fun fact, my sister dances to that song when it comes on, uh, and she can do the Wednesday dance, and it is very, very cute. Now more than ever, as she stumbles upon Xavier's art room, she's got her eye on him as her first suspect with an unlikely alliance, Tyler's dad, the sheriff. After discovering the cave with Eugene, they finally have tangible proof of the monster that haunts Wednesday but no one else. A stakeout, anti-rave duo plan is made as Wednesday packs up to meet up with Eugene. Unfortunately, Thing has other plans, like helping Wednesday give in to her teenage side and get a date to the dance. 
The rest of the episode is a mixture of drama and terror as it's probably the most teenage drama-esque of the entire series. There's date drama, dance drama, and all around just bits of teenage fluff to ground you from all of the suspense. Side note, Dua Lipa has a song in this episode and it definitely had me like, damn, time to add that to my playlist because oh my god, it's so fire. I'm going to play an excerpt of what it is for you right now. It's Physical by Dua Lipa. I also just watched the video for that because I wanted to see it. I was trying to pull the audio uh, and saw that there was a video for it and I just watched it. And honestly, anytime Dua Lipa sings, I get fucking chills and goosebumps. I don't know what it is. She's gorgeous. It's amazing. There's bits of like animation in it that are really cool. And just in general, like she's just a great dancer. But anyway, it's just, <laughs> it's just amazing. And so I'm adding it to my playlist. Anyway, apart from all of the dance drama and the regular teenage angst that's happening in this episode, sadly we're cut short and brought back to terror as Eugene is attacked. And so I've talked a bit about how I liked this episode, but honestly, aside from the dance itself, there's a lot of other awesome things to mention in this episode. Wednesday asks Xavier out to the dance as a distraction from her snooping around his art studio. And Dr. Kimbot is looking more suspicious. But most notably, what I want to mention is the flowering friendship with Wednesday and Eugene, which isn't even really talked about or mentioned, but I feel like it's really the first taste of just how close they've become and how genuine Eugene is. Normally, you see Wednesday almost demanding that the people around her follow her into whatever she's doing, but... Eugene, as he says, a Hummer never shies away from danger. Eugene goes and selflessly stakes out the cave without Wednesday. Unfortunately, it leads to disaster, but just in general, I thought it was really good to mention the friendship between the two. Episode 5 is called You Reap What You Woe and is a backstory episode for Gomez's past. Family weekend brings stress to many students. Rumi Enid's judgmental parents want to send her to a conversion camp for werewolves. Bianca's absent mother comes back with a mega purist mindset, almost like a cult. And worst of all, Weems encourages the entire Adams family to work out their problems in therapy to help Wednesday open up more. I'm not really going to go too much more into detail about this episode, because this is, by all definitions, a filler. There are very, very few moments of this episode that give you information that's crucial to the rest of the series. There is an important piece of info that's in this storyline that could be helpful for the future, but I'll leave it up to you. Is it worth a watch? Me, personally, I would say yes, but I also really love filler episodes. But that being said, Yes, you can skip it and not be way lost in the woods for future episodes. The TLDR, which is too long, didn't read, of this episode, Gomez is not a killer, but I'll leave the rest for you to find out how. There is an amazing line, though, that Wednesday gives her father while he's locked up. She says, You are the reason 
I understand how imperative it is that I never lose sight of myself. And honestly, it brought a tear to my eye. Another side note. I have my opinions on who they cast to play Gomez. And although I have those opinions in this episode, um, young Gomez and young Morticia kind of slap. Like, on God, I would thruple with them. But present-day Gomez is, uh, he, he's, he's something. And that is purely on casting alone. It's not the actor himself or his acting performance. I really think he did a great job. I just don't think he is who I would picture for Gomez Adams. Episode 6 is called Quid Pro Wo and kicks off a special birthday celebration for Wednesday. Though this one brings Wednesday sorrow as she confesses to Eugene in a coma about how she fears ending up alone. It's aside his hospital bed that Wednesday's therapist appears, giving an eerie feeling to this episode. This brings more light onto the tortured soul who Gomez was accused of murdering and his family. Led by Goody Adams, Wednesday investigates the abandoned home, or so she thought. While Wednesday thought she could make a clean getaway, the mayor is in a terrible accident. Did he know too much? Masked as a date and a girl's night, Wednesday, Enid, and Tyler check out the Gates house. Unfortunately, the monster attacks and all three are put in danger, and Wednesday starts to understand the gravity of her actions. More and more, we find the shell that covers Wednesday's inner truth is cracking. As much as Wednesday wants to be a loner and solve the case that's eluded her, the anger and distrust her friends feel for her is starting to affect her. She deflects when Enid chooses to leave the room and bunk with someone else, and there's visible defeat in her body language when Weems punishes her. We're also getting closer but almost farther away as well, to who's behind the attacks. I'm going to go more into my thoughts during the show while trying to figure out who it was, but just know that at this point, I am both confident and also frustrated trying to find out who did it. Episode 7 is called If You Don't Woe Me By Now, and it's probably my favorite episode in this season. Well, Maybe that's only because a certain family member comes into town while Wednesday was at a funeral. My certain feeling might only be because I have a cat named Fester, but this is my favorite because we finally start to get answers to all the questions we've gained since starting the series. I know I'm not alone in thinking that by now I was asking myself, when are we going to find out all the answers to our questions? Still as our number one suspect, and knowing now what they're looking for, a hide, Wednesday and Fester follow Xavier to stake him out and witness an unusual meeting. Wednesday is completely certain who the monster, and their controller, is, but detective work can wait as she has to hide her felon uncle away and get ready for a date with Tyler. A fun bit that they do, which is kind of cheesy, but it's Kind of on the nose is Tyler and Wednesday go into the crypt and watch a horror movie, Legally Blonde. 
Unfortunately, the date is cut short, and as Wednesday finds herself back in her dorm, our five-fingered friend is found stabbed and barely moving. Fueled by the rage of Thing's attack, Wednesday confronts her main suspects for Laurel Gates, the controller of the Hyde, the sister of the man Morticia murdered, Miss Kimbot, and the Hyde, Xavier. So, just so I could break that down. Wednesday thinks that the controller of the Hyde is Laurel Gates, and she thinks Laurel Gates is Dr. Kimbot, her therapist, and she thinks the Hyde is Xavier. Justice is served when Wednesday finds small items that tie Xavier to each attack, and most damning of all, a necklace tying himself to the most recent attack. Is justice bittersweet? Wednesday's latest vision surely proves it will be. This episode is so spot on and finally gives us the answer we've been waiting for. Who the monster is. We've all been waiting to figure out who the monster is since we realized the monster was also a human. We start to get a touching moment though during the panic of trying to shock Thing alive. Wednesday actually cries and threatens Thing with actual death if he doesn't start to move again. Me personally, I just love every moment where we get to see some emotion from Wednesday. I'm a huge fan of character development in shows, and in this series in particular, there has been gradual character growth for Wednesday in every single episode. It's honestly one of the main reasons that I could ever recommend this show for you, but I'll get into that later as we talk about the ratings. Episode 8 is called A Murder of Woes and is the last episode in the season. I'm not going to go too much into detail on this episode because as I've been writing this, I've been wondering how I'm going to make these reviews my own. And I figured, you know what, I'll keep the last episode or last season, etc. however I do it, short and vague to kind of urge you to watch. For this episode, though, the climax we've been waiting for finally comes to light as the foreshadowed fall of the school arrives, and it's up to Wednesday to stop it. The true Hyde and Master are also revealed. Will this be the end of Nevermore and its outcasts? This episode was brilliant and well done and gave us everything. Fear, anxiety, sadness, empowerment, and most of all, closure. Throughout the whole season, we've been back and forth with Wednesday and against Wednesday on who's behind it all. And I'm just going to say now, I did not guess who they were in the end, and I was making a lot of guesses overall. It was hard not to believe it was Xavier and Kimbot. And I will go more into detail into my ratings about that, but that's one reason I really enjoyed the show overall. But if you've come this far and are into spoilers, I'll ease your mind about this one. Eugene is okay. He wakes up from his coma and is able to give Wednesday the information she needs to piece it all together. Like I said, Eugene is probably my favorite character overall, and that's like, period. Now on to the ratings. If you're just now joining us and you ended up not wanting to listen to the episode by episode breakdown, hey, hi, hello, I hope you enjoyed the intro and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the episode. 
first in the ratings was the characters. I thought that all of the other actors that they cast to do the characters were really well done, except for Gomez. Young Gomez in the backstory was good and held up to the familiar look of Gomez Adams, but unfortunately, Louis, Louis, Louis Guzman, Guzman, I'm not really sure how to fully pronounce his name, but who they cast to play Wednesday's father, Gomez, was not really my ideal Gomez Adams. And for that alone, I'm rating the characters an 8 out of 10. Everyone else, though, was really great, and they even had a special nod to Cousin It in the show, and it was just little Easter eggs like that that made me really immerse myself into this world that Tim Burton created. I also loved the idea of having different species, including sirens, in this show, and it really shined a light on the pressures of growing up with these powers and what can happen. One of the sirens has a heart-to-heart with Wednesday about never knowing if anyone's feelings were true. One of the Gorgons stones themselves, and Wednesday in her outcast, an absolute hatred and resolve to not end up like her mother, initially ignores talking about her visions. Growing up on top of being an outcast was shown so beautifully here, and the echoing theme throughout is, just because you are this way doesn't mean you can't change for the better. Next in the ratings was the storyline. I'm going to go ahead and get my rating out of the way and then talk about it. I would rate this story a solid 10 out of 10, and here's why. My favorite thing about this show was how many red herrings they put in front of you. You never truly knew who it was that you were supposed to be, like, looking for, who was the bad guy. There was so many opportunities for it to be other people, and I think that's really the good mark of a suspense show. That constant wondering and making guesses of who it is and who did it and and what's going to happen. And I feel that Wednesday really did a great job of keeping you on the edge of your seat. And I found that when I watched the show initially, I was constantly discussing with the people I was watching it with who I thought it was and the reasons why I thought that. The story at its bare minimum is Wednesday trying to uncover who this monster is attacking people, but she ends up finding so much more, and that even ties into the filler episode in episode 5, where it does mainly talk about young Gomez and Morticia, but there's this one thin thread that is needed almost. Any deviations to the main plot are all really neatly tied together to make an intricate story that's easy to follow, and we're even given really good breaks from the madness to help ease our mind for the next part. Again, it was a 10 out of 10 for me, just an incredible story. Last in the main ratings is bingeability. I always want to have this rating when it comes to shows and movies, Because one of my biggest hopes for this podcast is that if you can take anything away from these episodes, take away the ability to dive in to these shows or movies for the weekend, or even the games. That being said, for bingeability, um, honestly, this is going to solely be on if you really love suspense shows. 
I myself love them and they keep me guessing. And so I gave this one a 10 out of 10. I also watched the show first in a very unique situation. I watched it initially a week or two after it was released. I was visiting family with my mom for a funeral that we had as we had just recently lost a family member. We were trying to find things to do to fill the time in between, um, you know, funeral stuff. And so this show popped up and we ended up binging the show for the first like or for the whole four days that we were there. Each episode isn't any more than like 54 minutes. So all in all, if you really think about it, it's eight episodes. And if you tackle half of them in the day, you can absolutely binge this over the weekend. So like I said, it's going to be a 10 out of 10 of bingeability for me. But I do understand that some people get a little bit annoyed with suspense shows where if they're not getting answers immediately, that can make them not want to watch it. But I feel like this show does the opposite. The show really keeps you in by not giving you all the answers because of, as I said in my initial rating of the storyline, it keeps throwing red herrings your way. So it almost as if you want to you wanna make these guesses and you want to prove to yourself that you're right. Now on to the honorable mention category. I wanted to shine a light on all the pet names that Gomez uses. These pet names probably provided me with the most comic relief of this show. Um, and it's not like the show really emphasized or focused a lot on them. Um, and I actually really wanted to research it to know if they were ad-libbed or not. But I wouldn't doubt if they were because they were a 10 out of 10. And some of the only like redeeming qualities to the actor who played Gomez, like the only time that I was like, oh yeah, that looks like Gomez was when he was saying these pet names. And so of course what I had to do was I listed out all of the pet names that Gomez calls Wednesday and the two that he calls Morticia. So without further ado, here are all the pet names that Gomez uses in the show. My Little Viper My Little Storm Cloud My Little Death Trap Our Little Scorpion My Little Black Cloud My Little Tormenta Plum-Lipped Cupid my little rain cloud, that was Morticia's. And then often Gomez would call Morticia Tish. This has been Gomez's pet names for Wednesday and Morticia. Legit, my favorite of all of those is my little storm cloud because honestly, it's kind of my vibe at the moment, me personally. All right, everyone, that's going to be it for me and my review of Wednesday. Do you agree with me? Or have I piqued your interest enough to binge it for over the weekend? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you again, Edgar, for suggesting this review topic. 
as always, if you want to suggest anything, hit me up on my wins and my win site. As always, if you want to suggest anything, hit me up on my website at JulesJustVibes.com and scroll down to contact me. All offline updates for the podcast also can be found on my Twitter at JulesJustVibes. I've been guest spotting on a few podcasts and it's actually been a real treat. At the time of this recording, my besties podcast, Cause of Crime, just had me on for the disappearance of Timothy Pitson. It was actually a real treat to be able to be a guest on their podcast with her and Dan. Also, tomorrow, February 3rd, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, I did a guest spot on The Simpsons episode-by-episode podcast for Bart the Lover. All those guest spots are advertised on my Twitter, so just check that out for the links for those appearances. Again, that Twitter is at JulesJustVibes. Thanks again for listening to these reviews. If you're following my mini-episodes for The Last of Us, episode 3 is going to be live Monday, February 6th, but if not, I will see you guys next week. Happy binging and stay vibing, friends. Um, bye bye Bye-bye.